plate, I'ma swing for the fence Throw me the lob, I'ma dunk it like Vince They think I'm from sack with the way that I'm ballin' I feel like a king, but I'm fresher than Prince Baltimore raised and fly like a raven Made it through mazes, that shit amazing Vision so clear, they thought I got lacing Cradle to grave, we poundin' that pavement Made up my mind, told them pass me the rock with the game on the line I'm taking a shot, shit all of my life had to play from behind And now they just watch, like is he gon' stop? I tell them I can't They think it's a game, they take me for joke, I just laugh to the bank Hey everybody, welcome back to the WWB Podcast. And look, I got a special guest on today, a gentleman who is extremely talented. He's part of a trio's tag team in the podcasting world, a Chicago native, an artist, a writer, a wanderer, a thinker, a troublemaker, an advocate, and a Chicagoan. All right, so everybody welcome in my brother, Mr. Phil Lindsay. Yeah, Mr. Lindsay, man, it's so nice uh, getting you on the pod, bro. Got to see you at Battle Slam. That was really awesome to see you in person. I was like, that's Phil Lindsay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it was good to see you. Yeah, brother, it's so awesome, man. Um, it was a really good event, and um, it was nice just to see you. I, I really admire what you and your cohorts do as well. No, so, doubt, so talented. So for the audience who doesn't know who you are, Mr. Phil, we obviously know the, the podcast, uh, Grapsity, and we'll get into that later. We'll kind of put a carrot out there and get people interested. But um, let's talk about you as a person outside of Grapsity, right? You are a Chicagoan, so I have a question for you. Um, what part of, Sh- of Chi-Town are you from? Uh, Southside. So you are, um, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Southside. I've uh, lived on Southside most of my life. I lived in the suburbs for a little bit, mm-hmm. but mostly Southside. I love it. Okay. Now, have you ever watched that TV show on HBO, Max, called Southside? Yeah. <laughs> Yo, it's like my favorite show comedy-wise. Do you like that show? Yeah, I mean, I think if you're from the city, like you get a lot of the in the, the in references. Um, yeah, it's a great show. Okay, great. Yeah, so for people who are listening, you should really watch it. It's just I've always couple of things that I've always admired about Chicago. First of all, the accent is cool as hell. Okay, <laughs> Lupe Fiasco. Um, you got Common coming from there. You got Twister coming from there. You have a wide, uh, obviously Kanye West and many others who've come from Chicago. But you have such a diversity in hip hop culture and just culture in whole. Talk about um, from your perspective because I'm from Baltimore, Maryland. That's where I'm from. But talk about that Chicago accent, man, because it, it seems like depending on where you're from, there's like the more Chicago and then there's like like it's like a more of a uh, it's another one that's a little bit more like Bernie Mac ish. Kind of talk about the Chicago accent. Is there like a joke in the city that people have different accents that people make fun of being from different sides of town? Um, I actually don't realize I have an accent until I like leave the city and people are like, yeah, you guys kind of have an accent up there. A lot of black people that are in Chicago migrated here from the South. Mm-hmm. So I think it's kind of like a, kind of like a Southern dialect that people are hearing that is kind of like, I don't know, I guess Midwesternish. Yeah. I don't know. I, like I said, I, like a good amount of black people I know that are from Chicago came from somewhere else. So that family came from Chicago. 
Yes, yeah, same thing with Baltimore. My, my my grandparents came from Charleston, South Carolina, and North Carolina. So yeah, and and we, and we all have. Um, it's interesting how accents because black Baltimoreans, we have a different accent than white Baltimoreans. They have they say like horn and um, you know the Oreos, and we say the Orals, you know. So we have different flow as well. And I would assume in Chicago, more um, our, our vanilla brothers would sound a little bit different than our darker brothers. Is that true? Um. Yeah, I can see that. Um, I don't know. I I don't ever really notice the the accent here. Like I said, it's mostly <laughs> when I'm out of town, I, I hear people notice it. I got you. Okay. Now, are you a big uh, like Chicago sports fan? I know that's you're a big sports city. Are you a big sports fan yourself? Yeah, yeah, uh, big Bulls fan. Um, I was a big Bears fan for a while. Um, I don't know, man. I just. It's hard to be a Bears fan, man. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I, of course, was not around for the Super Bowl win in 85. <laughs> and so it's just kind of like waiting and, and hoping this team is going to get it together for decades has been painful experience. Yeah, it's, it's interesting as as a, as a Baltimorean being a Ravens fan and um, seeing you know Chicago the '85 Bears great defense no doubt. There's an ESPN 30 for 30 coming out about the Baltimore Ravens fan was arguably uh, Baltimore Ravens team in the 2000, um, arguably one of the greatest defenses of all time, if not the greatest, right next to '85 Bears as well. So it's so interesting that. Um, I want your perspective on Justin Fields as a Chicagoan because as a Baltimorean, we have an issue too with Lamar Jackson where two brothers at quarterback, in my opinion, Lamar is a former league MVP. He's extremely talented. He's done everything that the organization has asked him and he deserves the bag. I mean, guaranteed money. If Deshaun got 230, then give him 240. Guaranteed. Whatever you need to do, figure it out because no one wants to go back to when we had bad quarterbacks. So my question to you um, my football guy as you are Mr. Lindsay talk about Justin Fields what is your perception of him and what is do you think you guys long term on him or what's the feeling in Chicago about Justin Fields in your opinion um well, I don't know what the the feeling in the city is like I said I mm-hmm. I watch every now and then but I don't I don't watch as heavily as I used to okay um, gotcha. but from what when I do watch I do think that he's good I think that he's I don't want to say set up to fail, but he's kind of in a situation where um, he just doesn't have the weapons to look as impressive as he should. Mm-hmm. And I, you know, this has been a longstanding thing with bear quarterbacks um, that, you know, he doesn't really have the offensive line either. Um, and so I think that he is good. I just think that the team isn't good. Yeah. And so I think it makes him look, uh, less effective than he should be. Ah, okay. Well, I hope that they uh, they keep him. I think they um, they give him a long-term, you know, just give him an opportunity. Like you said, build. They got plenty of draft picks. They got plenty of money. They got, like, one of the highest payrolls right now, I mean, in terms of cap space. So if they can invest yeah. in space in some offensive line and really give that young man an opportunity, I think he's going to be – he's extreme. I, he throws the ball well. He's very fast. We've seen that. Um, so it's kind of a similar thing with Lamar's going through. Our issue is that – uh, Lamar, no doubt, is all around great quarterback, and we've given him a great tight end, great running backs, a great defense. But the Ravens historically have never been able to develop wide receivers ever, like ever, <laughs> ever. Uh, <laughs> I'm gonna say it three times. Yeah, and I mean the, the Bears are not really known for having 
great quarterback. Like a lot of times our offense is uh, based on having like a good running game. And uh, so, yeah, I think it's uh, still touch and go with us having a good quarterback. I mean, hilariously to say it, I think our best quarterback numbers wise is probably Jay Cutler. And that's, that's a lot. Like our, uh, a lot of other quarterbacks um, are like, I, I'm just trying to think like the last decade of Bears quarterbacks and mm-hmm. yeah, there right, a yeah. lot of, Rex Grossman. A lot of <laughs> terrible names in there. Uh, mm-hmm. Rex Grossman, Mike Lennon, uh, what's the guy? Uh, um, yeah, just bad. I'm just saying. <laughs> Trubisky. Trubisky. Like, tr- Trubisky. Trubisky. Um, so yeah, I think that he's definitely the best quarterback that we've drafted because uh, yeah. uh, we haven't had a chance to draft as high and get a quarterback. I mean, we did with Trubisky and we made this bonehead draft. Yeah, um, but yeah, I, I like I like Fields a lot. I just think that they've got to get a solid team around him. No question about it. Another thing that I really admire about Chicago that's very similar to Baltimore as well is house music. And where I'm from in Baltimore, we call it club music or aka house music but it's the beats and the dances that we do the high the high you know the high bpm music and we dance um is that something that you are into as a chicagoan do, do you do you into the house music or um like that, that that type of culture in chicago as well or no um yeah i mean my my big bro is a big house house fan and so um like i came up hearing a lot of house music um I can't say like I'm like this house affectionado because um, house <laughs> house fans are very I don't know how to put this they are very uh, territorial about the music <laughs> and so um, when you talk to certain house fans they are kind of music snobs so <laughs> I can't say that I'm like the most I'm like the most knowledgeable house guy but I do like house music yeah. Yeah, yeah. Same thing with Baltimore. We we, uh, we have some famous DJs from here, and that's true. Depending on who you talk to, you know, it, it, especially if you're talking about for people that, who were around in the '80s, in the early '90s, there is a sophistication, and they have their, all their records, and they're telling you history. But it depends on who you talk to. They they can make you feel like, okay, I don't know really know anything. So, <laughs> you know. Um, but we back home when I was growing up, the famous DJ we had was DJ K Swift, and she was really important for the early 2000s. And um, she was like a she's basically a saint in Baltimore when it comes to house music. So we have our little dance moves and um, everything on YouTube and a big dance culture. Now, are you one of those guys? I've seen some of the Chicago moves, man. Detroit and Chicago got some different. They call them different things. Things, but do you have any of those dance moves yourself? I know a couple Baltimore moves, but a lot of the stuff I'm not agile enough to do. So I don't even try to partake, especially in my thirties. I don't have <laughs> the, the flexibility that's necessary, but are you, do you know any of those dances yourself? Nah, you're not going <laughs> to see me out here doing that, uh, doing that footwork challenge that people are doing on TikTok. Uh, <laughs> not going to see it. Oh man, that's so dope. Uh, yeah, I, I just, just talking to a first Chicago, there's like my favorites. I love people from Detroit, Chicago, Philadelphia, um, and I do like LA people for some weird reason. I don't know, just certain, cult, certain culture, certain people from certain areas. So getting out of the sports stuff and kind of getting into food because, you know, Chicago is a great food place, uh, no doubt. And um, you have the right to be, to feel proud of that. <laughs> um, are you a pizza eater at all? Yeah, of course. Yeah. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. I, I know that the, the, the great uh, Chicago and New York pizza debate is always a thing. 
and I have to listen to New Yorkers every time they come here, uh, <laughs> trash deep dish pizza and tell me this isn't really pizza. This is like a lasagna. It's like a cake. It's not pizza. <laughs> and it's like, you know, you can get thin crust pizza here. I tell people that all the time. It's mm-hmm. like, you don't have to eat deep dish pizza. But the thing is a lot of tourists like deep dish pizza. And I think it's hilarious that you have so many people that come here and they're like, ah, this is not real pizza. It's cool. I I like it, but it's not pizza. It's like, yeah, but you guys all come here and you (laughs) take like the the tourist pictures eating it. You guys love it. Like, it's just like, it's a specialty thing that you can get in Chicago and Mm -hmm. you guys come here and eat it. So I don't understand why do you complain about it afterwards? Wow, that's so weird, man, that people come. It's like a catch-22. I um, I like deep dish pizza personally, and um, I, I, I want to say something that, that may be controversial, but I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to stick with the pizza thing because I'm a pizza aficionado, right? Um, now, if I want to get the best pizza, period, I don't care if deep dish, thin crust, etc., the best greasiest cheese that will make me use proactive for my skin, where can I get the most best pizza in your personal opinion I'm not trying to put you on you can name a couple places you don't have to put yourself on, on under the microscope what are some of your favorite places to actually get some good good pizza um i mean south side i think beggars is up there beggars, so, beggars? yeah beggars mm-hmm. i think um, you know giordano's is a, a, also a staple lumonati's um i don't know they're they're also just like random a hole in the wall places you can find great pizza. Um, if we're being like from a city where it's kind of like you can get good pizza anywhere. Mm-hmm. And so when you go to places that are not like known for pizza and like, I see like people eating Domino's or something. I'm like, what are you doing? <laughs> like, what are you, are you eating this terrible takeout pizza? Like you can get, you can get good pizza somewhere else. And they're like, Oh, well, Sorry, sir, we don't live in Chicago, but like, nah, you don't have to eat that. (laughs) (laughs) There's a new thing called like Golden Panda or something like that where you can, like, if I want a Chicago pizza, they could send it to me in like, um, basically they wrap it in like some, 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 uh, they freeze it somehow and you can order it and you can have it sent directly to your home. So there's like a service that does that. Have you ever heard of that? No, I I haven't, but I do know that, uh, a lot of, um, restaurants up here you can get frozen pieces from their restaurant yeah yeah so i've heard that before and i've I've also seen giordano's in other cities and i've seen like you can get chicago style pizza other places okay okay yeah well i'm gonna say something controversial uh you know philly talks about how they get the great cheesesteaks and blah 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 definitely great but baltimore got something to say when it comes to the cheesesteak game if i took you back home um, in the city, whether it's the west side where I'm from, or take you over on the east side, I, I got some spots that you can get some cheesesteaks. Now you might have to get in and get out as soon as you, <laughs> as soon as you get in and get out. But uh, at certain times of the day, you don't want to be up in there. But I can get you some cheesesteaks, um, and so I think that would be really cool. But okay, so cool. So now another place I've had because it's over here um, where I live now, and and I, I don't know. And people from Chicago said it's not exactly the same. Um, I've had Harold's Chicken. Um, did, is this still, to my knowledge, the, the Harold's Chicken is still in business, the original one, right? Like the the, the no, first yeah, restaurant? Just, yeah, they're Harold's all over the city. Okay. But I'm saying like restaurant number one, like the very first Harold's is still open, right? I'm pretty sure it is. Okay. Um, don't, don't, don't quote me for it. Don't I, don't, I don't know where it is. Okay, I got you. I like the sauce. Uh, 
Uh, yeah, no. Miles House is a Chicago institution. I feel like, um, I guess, like in in the DMV, it's Mambo Sauce that you guys use, but. Yeah, like, well, Baltimore we're different. DC, they do mambo. We we do something totally different. We yeah, we to, totally different culture. Just like saying, uh, so saying DC and Baltimore is like saying Detroit and Chicago. Two different, close enough, but yeah. not really. I get what you're saying. But mambo sauce is good too. I love. I ain't gonna lie. I ain't gonna disrespect DC. Mambo sauce is legit. So yeah. Yeah, no, mambo sauce is a is definitely a thing here. You can get it in most like. Um, but yeah, no, Harold's is a staple. I've heard people come here and go, Oh, this is underrated, overrated. But it's like, it's kind of like anything. It's like a staple of fast food. It's like, it's like going to Atlanta and having varsity, right? Yeah. Because varsity is such a big deal in Atlanta. It's like, well, what is the big to do? It's just like <laughs> burgers and hot dogs. It's like, I don't know if it's just like, it's, it's tied to so much nostalgia in the city, but. Um, Harold's is kind of the same way. Like, I mean, yeah, it's just chicken and, and fries and sauce, but it's just like, it's been one of those things that's been around my entire life. And so, um, yeah, people swear by it. Um, and I say all the time, like, it depends on the Harold's. Um, like, uh, some of those Harold's in the downtown area or in the suburbs, nah, I'm good. I need a... <laughs> I needed I needed to have the, the, the bulletproof glass and I needed to yes, sir. be a little bit... Uh, Shady on the outside, man. I need it. I need to feel a little bit unsafe to know that this chicken is going to be good. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> like I said, you got to put your timer in there. I'm in. Ah, I got. <laughs> yeah. I tell people, I want the credit. I want the, uh, the 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 health department score to be a C. That's what I need it to be for me to really be like. It can't be an A. I need it to be right right around that C plus, and that's how I know it's going to be good. I need the, the chairs to be jacked up. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And. Um, you know, I might be able to get like tetanus if I get scratched by a chair. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, there, there are a lot of uh, there are a lot of Mexican restaurants like out in the West Side. Like it, it needs to be in an area off to the side where it's like, okay, where am I going? <laughs> um, to, and, and that food, is, I know the food is going to be good. Oh yeah, no question about it. Okay, so let's go down to um, Chicago culture. Talk about hip hop a little bit, and then we'll get into Grapsity and everything. Um, Talk about some of your favorite, uh, you know, because Grapsity is a part music, culture and stuff. Who are some? Of, who would be some of your favorite rappers and why specifically? For me, my favorite rapper, period, I got Talib Kweli, Most Def, um, Common. Um, Common is probably one of my, I would say he's my top five. Just the dude is, is a poet. It's almost unfair that that he's a that people consider him just a rapper because he's literally a poet. And it's like his flow and his style and his capabilities and his words and his, and his, his storytelling is bar none. So talk to me a little bit about some of your people that you look up from in the hip hop or uh, community in from Chicago. Um. I'm a huge Lupe fan. Like, I mean, like all the way from the first album up, I mean, I've listened to all his mixtapes as well. Um, huge Lupe fan. So, I mean, even like, if you look at everything we've done with our podcast, um, like for the, I've, I've pointed this out to many people, but <laughs> in the, in the, the graphic we used for all of our, uh, our uh, reveals for the podcast. I'm wearing a uh, hoodie from the cool um, mm. tour. Mm. Um, okay. Um, and there's like a, a bunch of other things like from the podcast that are like Lupe references. Um, so one of my favorite songs is Catch Me, I'm Ballin'. 
Yeah. That that song if you haven't if people haven't heard that song from Lupe, it's like I think it came was on it was on 2K back in the day actually. I first heard it on 2K, I'm pretty sure. And um I was like, yeah, it was on 2K, definitely was on 2K. And I was like, bro, I remember when he was in the first Complex magazine when he, when he first was started popping. Well, for me as a, on as a Baltimorean, I started reading Complex and I saw his they had, they had like an article on him. And I'm like, who is this? Because I had, I had I grew up my whole life wearing glasses. And um, I was like, who is this dude with glasses that got the swag and cool? And he's like on Complex Magazine. I still remember it to this day. And that was, I mean, I don't know what year that was, but it was quite a while ago before people really got into him. So um, talk a little bit about what Lupe means to you, because he, he, he goes against traditional. He would talk about more sophisticated things. He really was more thought provoking and he has such a, a rich um, perspective about hip hop. So talk to, talk to me a little bit about why um, Lupe really resonates with you personally so much. Uh, well, I discovered Lupe at a time when, you know, I was still trying to, you know, figure out who I was as a person. Um, so I think like the first, his first album dropped, I think that was my sophomore year of college. Mm-hmm. Um, and I had never seen a rapper that just kind of like moved like he did. I mean, when I first went to see him live, he had a, uh, he had a weed ninja. I don't know if you remember those. Like it's like a plush ninja that was like on the chain on his pocket. He, thought about playing Game Boy Advance. He was like in anime and all these things that I was into at the time. Mm-hmm. And it just resonated with me. It connected with me because, um, you know, I, I am from a very, uh, I don't want to say violent area. It's not violent, but I'm from a very um, <laughs> urban. We'll say urban because that is what the white Okay. Okay. I got you. Very urban Mm -hmm. uh, area, and so, uh, but I'm also I'm not I wouldn't consider myself a street dude. I'm not a dude that you know hangs out, and I'm not a dude that subscribes to any of that stuff. Um, and so there are a lot of rappers I like, but I don't really connect with their story or who they where they come from. But I connect a lot with Lupe's story just because of you know just the things he's interested in, just him. Uh, talking about being a smart guy, but also being a rapper. He just didn't look or do anything like any of the other rappers that I was into at the time. And so I just was big into him. And then, like I said, he's from my hometown. He's from the West Side. Oh, um, right mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's just like I've always been a fan. And I mean, I, I saw him live um, in college. For oh, free, wow. Actually. Oh, wow. Really? Um. This is uh, at the time of MySpace. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but when his first album came out, um, he had this thing going on his MySpace where it's like, hey, send me a message uh, to go to a surprise show in Chicago. And I was like, all right, send them a message. And they'll, they'll send you back like the location for free show. And so I went. Um, he, he did a lot of the songs off of, uh, I don't know if you, how much of a Lupe fan you are, but off of uh, his uh, mixtape Fahrenheit 115, he did Failure, he did all this all this stuff. Mm-hmm. One of the greatest shows I've been to. And um, at the time, like it was like right after his grandmother died. I don't know if you remember on his first album, he dedicates it to his grandmother. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. In fact, when he used to say, peace and much love to you. Because mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. that's something he got from his grandmother. And, you know, he, he was performing a song on stage and he like broke into tears. And I'm just like, Rappers don't do that. Rappers yeah. don't like cry. And it's just like, so I'm like, I just, just the fact that he's just so different and so honest and so vulnerable. I've always related to that. 
Yeah. And and, and then I just think that he's one of the best lyricists. There. Oh, no question um, about it. No question about it. I just I think that he's uh, a step above the rest. Um, I mean, of course, I've I've been a big comic fan for a long time. I think One Day It All Makes Sense is a great album. Mm-hmm. Um, he had a string of great albums up from Resurrection up. Um, I wasn't the biggest Electric Circus fan. Oh no, no, no! But uh, I mean, a single off that album did hit. You can't, you know, mm-hmm. I can't hate on that single. Um, but I think working with Kanye and getting to have like a resurgence in the two thousands was like a great time. I feel like the food, the food, and like the corner and all that stuff off of Go. Go is one like one of my favorite hip hop albums as well. I mean. It's, I mean, B, that's the name of the album. Go with the thing off of it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm a big comment fan, big Twister fan. Mm-hmm. Um, big fan of a young kid named Saba from the city. I know yeah, I heard of him. Saba, I heard of him. Mm-hmm. Saba is dope. His last album was great. Um, he's actually had three very good albums, in my opinion. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, like, was a big Chance fan when Chance was popping off. Um, I mean... Reluctant to say now because Kanye is kind of all over the place now, yeah. but Kanye was the biggest thing coming out of this city at one point. And yeah. um, man, if you me, put a, if you put Chicago's top five lyricists versus any other city, I think they could stand that they they could they could stand the ground. They could really yeah. as a city, you guys really do that. One of my favorite songs from uh, from common aka common sense is take it easy one of his old song take it easy yeah. and i was like the, the the way he was flowing on the beat i was i watched the music video like bro i've watched it like at least 30 times i'll probably watch it when we get off um because i'm a really a hip-hop head i'm like but i try not to be elitist because i'm i love lyricism and context and story i tell people to be, i'm gonna tell you something crazy i talked about this with dj you know eloquent the um, um the music producer yeah, yeah, Eloquent is, is dope, man. He's a big supporter of the podcast. Yes, he's on my, he comes on my podcast all the time. We do AEW re- recaps together. So Eloquent is a close friend of mine up in Toronto. I love, so sides out to my boy, Eloquent. He's always good vibes with Eloquent. Just a great human being, and he's a great co-host as well on this podcast when we talk about AEW, which is one of his favorite things to talk about. But um, I, I'm going to say, I told him something controversial. He agreed. I was like, that's how I know you're a real hip-hop dude. I said, honestly... One of the best rappers in all of hip hop, period, is Saul Williams. And he was like, yo, wow. He was like, I agree. I was like, you see, you got to really, really be in the hip hop if you know Saul Williams. You know what I'm saying? And understand that yeah. brother's a poet laureate. You know what I mean? Yeah, for sure. And it's like, it's um, like I said, it's almost unfair because he's so sophisticated. I used to watch Def Comedy. I mean, I mean not Def Comedy, Def Poetry Jam. And they would have these guys come in and, and really show their lyricism. And, um, you know, Saul Williams, Kanye, uh, like you said, Lupe Fiasco. Um, just, yeah, it, it really, me and you really resonate in a hip hop place. I really, I'm appreciative of you sharing that as well. So let's hop into... Growing up, because we were obviously this is a pro wrestling podcast, and we talk about culture, music, a wide variety of things. But I really want to know about you, my good friend. What was it like growing up? Where you did you start off with WCW, WWF? Kind of give us your your pro wrestling origin story of how you got in, into this beautiful thing in the squared circle. Um, I was totally a WWF fan for a long time, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and uh, what really got me into wrestling was uh, the magazine. I, I don't know, I don't know why, but I'm I'm a visual person, mm-hmm. and so uh, the first thing that really got me into it was just seeing like the covers of WWF magazine, 
Mm-hmm. Um, I had a friend that collected them. Oh, wow. And so, um, one of the first ones I saw was Undertaker on his front, like old school Undertaker with the, with the tie mm-hmm. and Paul Bear with the urn and everything. Mm-hmm. And I like just that image was so striking to me as a kid. I was like, what is this? And so that, uh, got me to watching it from then on. Uh, I kind of stayed just a WWF fan for, I think like at least most of my childhood, I didn't get into other, um, promotions until I got older. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Wow. So, <coughs> That's so dope. You talk about the magazine collection, no doubt. That's like every kid's dream back in the day. Like, I got to get every case. Do you have a collection now? No, I don't. Okay. Um, but yeah, my friend used to, my friend used to collect them. I don't know if he still does. Okay. My co-host for um, everything else, WWE and just regular stuff, Randall, he's a huge collector of magazines, DVDs, memorabilia. One day I want to get to that point where I have a room dedicated just to pro wrestling and I need to have all my belts and titles and all that, the whole shebang. You know what I mean? Um, <laughs> That's super dope. So growing up, who are some of your favorite wrestler, like wrestlers? Like I'm a, like for me personally, I love DDP. I love Booker, Booker T, DDP, The Rock, D'Lo Brown, and I'll go even, um, I love Bam Bam Bigelow too as a kid. Um, what are some of your favorite guys that you remember in your mind, like really resonated with you personally? Uh, well, I mean, from the earlier era, I was a big Macho Man fan. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's something about Macho Man, like just the way he cut his promo, just the, the way Slim Jim commercials, everything. <laughs> yeah, he just was just such a larger than life guy. Uh, mm-hmm. uh, of course, like The Rock, like when The Rock was hot, like there was there was nothing bigger than The Rock, like '99 I mean, Rock, 2000 Rock. <laughs> yeah, yeah. When, yeah. When, around that time period, like you couldn't get bigger than The Rock. Mm-hmm. Um, of course, like most most people were Austin fans as well. Um, I was a big RVD fan at one point. Like RVD oh, is so dope to me. Yeah, tell me why. Uh, he just moved different than most guys that I saw at that time. Um, he, like, he just had this charisma. He had this way, this this swag about him. Um, I always thought he was dope. Um, like, uh, trying to think anybody else from that era. Uh, yeah, I like Booker as well. I think Harlem Heat is one of the best tag teams ever. Oh yeah. Uh, I mean, I wasn't as big of a WCW fan, mm-hmm. but everything I knew about Harlem Heat and Booker T, yeah, I did like them. The brothers well. were serious. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I mean, in the older, I kind of slid out of wrestling during the Ruthless Aggression era. Oh, me too. The back end of it, I did, definitely. <laughs> I just, I wasn't that into like the Cena stuff. I wasn't into like what they were doing with like the, the right stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's just some of the other stuff. Like I just wasn't into it, mm-hmm. but I got back into wrestling because of CM Punk. And I think CM Punk at that time, well, a lot of people back. Cause I remember when he cut the pipe bomb and I remember people that I knew that were the last fans or didn't watch. And just like, I don't know, just the all around this promo at the time and just, how much that got people more interested in wrestling again. No question about it. Yeah. I, I, I got back in because of uh, John Moxley, AKA Dean Ambrose. Um, yeah. It just got to a point right in the back end of the, of the ruthless aggression era. I was like, Oh God, this is just, ugh. I just, it was just almost, cause you just, it's just almost insulting your intelligence. Some of the stuff they were doing. And I was like, yeah, let me just take a break. And then I got back into it right around. And it's so funny thing. I had some coworkers, uh, 
I think I got right back, maybe 2014, 2015, got back into it. Uh, I had some coworkers who were like, yeah, Dean Ambrose in the shield. I'm like, what? And I'm watching, I'm like, yo. And then the network came out and then I just went, I just got right back passionate again. I was like, yeah, it's back. It's unshakable at this point. So I think we all have those lows. And it's so interesting to talk about that. You see CM Punk being from the Chicagoland area. Um, so let's get into Grapsity. Talk about, for the audience, that's what they're here to listen to, right? Talk about how Grapsity came along. You guys are on Fightful, one of the most respected, the fastest growing, um, one of the top, considered probably never not number top, top two or three. Um, we just pro wrestling, MMA, combat sports, news organizations, period. And um, so that's a huge thing. And to see three brothers of color, I think I was on YouTube and I used to just kind of see fight for every now and again. I'm like, uh, but then your show came up on, I think it was noon time on Saturdays, right? Mm-hmm. And, I, and I've donated, I've sent some money to you guys and, and you guys even um, said, hey, thanks WWE podcast or whatever the case, case may be. Um, and you guys even acknowledged that. But it was so good to see three young men of color uh, black men um, talking about pro wrestling on such a big platform. So, kind of walk us through that story, man. Uh, so yeah, Grapsity, as you said, is every Saturday at noon Eastern time. Um, and that is featuring me, Righteous Reg, and Will Washington. Uh, I was, uh, I don't know, I don't want to say anti doing a podcast for a long time, but I did a lot of, uh, guest spots on podcasts, but I did not have my own podcast for for a while. And I got asked a few times, you know, why don't you have a podcast? And I'm like, ah, I'm good. I don't really need it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but, uh, I became friends with, uh, Righteous Reg, um, like right around the time when I really started getting into wrestling Twitter and um, when I started doing a little bit of writing through daily DDT and other things, uh, he was one of the biggest supporters of it. Um, and I, at the time, you know, I didn't know him. He used to run the uh, black wrestling account. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's how I would interact with him. He, uh, he did not have his profile pickup. He didn't have his name on his account. It was just a black wrestling account. Now he's always seen my man. He sent me messages and, or he would share my articles. And I'm like, yeah, he's cool people. Mm-hmm. So, um, we've been friends for a while. Um, uh, I would say that we've been friends, uh, longer than I've known Will Washington. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, um, he used to do a, he used to do a podcast on his uh, YouTube channel, and every now and then, uh, me and Andrew Thompson would do it with him. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, uh, like a lot of times, I was like, "Yeah, this is fun. Like, it's it's different when I do it with you guys." And I've done so many different other guest spots with podcasts. But I'm like, if I do it with Rich, it's like different because we're friends and we have a different we have a different experience recording together. Definitely. And so. Uh, Will, I met Will, uh, I want to say that was 2020. Mm-hmm. Um, and I did an episode of uh, RBR with him. I did the post show for, bah, 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 bah. I want to say that was, where, which, which AW show was it with the exploding? Um, Barbed wire. The, the countdown I, yeah, I, I bought that, that pay-per-view yeah I, I bought that pay-per-view I remember that everyone was so <laughs> good times bro good times in AEW with, 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 
Yeah, I got to go back and watch, bro. I got to go watch those. Some of those early pay-per-views of AEW were very, very entertaining and just very different than what you're normally used to seeing from a major wrestling company. And it was good. It was refreshed. I have it on my Bleacher Report. I, I, I have all my, you know, because you can go back to all of your pay-per-views. So I think it was maybe, let me see. Let me look it up real quick. But go ahead. Finish your story. Yeah. Um, yeah, I'm trying to remember which pay-per-view that was. Whichever pay-per-view that was, I believe it was Revolution off the top of my head. I could be wrong. Um, but we did the post show for that for RBR. And um, it went well. It, it went great. Um, after we did it, we talked for a long time on Skype. And um, we kind of just had this conversation as um, two black men that have, have podcasted or worked in media. And, you know, I, I told them, you know, me and Reg record podcasts sometimes. Mm-hmm. Or me, and, me and Reg um, kind of like DM each other about stuff we see on Twitter and just kind of... Um, I don't know. It's kind of like we have our own um, ecosystem when it comes to talk about wrestling outside of what most people see. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, it was kind of like this, uh, <laughs> I don't want to say, it's kind of like group therapy for, for me <laughs> because uh, at the time on RBR, he was the only uh, black host on it. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, some of it was us talking about, you know, our feelings about certain things we see and, 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 and wrestling and certain things we see on, on wrestling Twitter, um, certain things that we believe as fans, you know, um, I remember telling him at the time that I was a big Swerve fan. I didn't know that Swerve was a Southern at the time. Mm-hmm. And Swerve is so like talented. Yeah. We had a whole conversation about Swerve and mm-hmm. I don't know, we just got along famously, um, from then on. And, and so, uh, we ended up doing, he ended up doing something on Saturdays. Um, um, separate from RBR called um, Wrestling with the Weekend. Mm-hmm. And I came on and I did an episode uh, the Saturday after uh, Punk debuted on Rampage. Oh, wow. And so, um, matter of fact, I got my ticket to that show from Will. I ended up buying a ticket off. Oh, that's dope. Uh-huh. And so, um, I went to that show. Um, so one of the, one of the best live experiences ever being there for Punk's debut. History, brother. Uh, um, just history. You're right. Just in the United Center. Just still one. Of, just an amazing experience. Um, and so we recorded the day after, and this thing ended up being pretty popular. Um, after we got off, um, full circle moment. <laughs> after we got off, uh, he told me. He said, "Yeah, you can see in the chat." Um, Somebody came in, uh, and their username was T Con, and so at the time we thought like, ah, it's just somebody just like mm. using using name, and like around that time, I believe Tony followed him like shortly after that. Oh wow! Uh, and so, uh, fast forward, Reggie also ended up being on Wrestling with the Weekend, mm-hmm. and. Um, I think even before that, like we had conversations, even when I talked to Will, um, after we did RBR, me and Reg had conversations like, yeah, we should, uh, we should do something with Will sometime. We should do like a podcast or something. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, when Reg did uh wrestling with the weekend with Will, Will, they had like, they got along famously as well. And he's like, uh, yeah, we should do this again. And he, and Reg was like, yeah, we should bring, we should, uh, we should have so long when we do it. Mm-hmm. And, that was kind of like the light bulb moment for Will because he was looking for something else to do outside of RBR. And he said, yeah, maybe we should do this. So he called me in the middle 
middle of the week one day and he said, Hey, I want to, I want to pick your brain on something. Um, mm-hmm. come back when you get a chance. And so, uh, we often was on Skype and we talked about it and he was like, yes, I think we should do a podcast. He was like, uh, Reg, and I said at the time, and he was like, you know, I've done stuff with Reg and I said, I'm just going to tell you right, Reg, I don't want to do this if Reg is not involved. Mm, okay. 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 And so, you know, we were kind of the same page. And so then it became just like the three of us. And in the midst of that, us, us getting together ideas for what we wanted to do as a podcast, um, Will came up with the name Grapsity, mm-hmm. and he pitched it to Fightful. Um, oh, he so pitched it to that, Fightful. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Will pitched it to Fightful, uh-huh. and um, just so happened I've, I've had a pretty good relationship with Sean, mm-hmm. and, you know, Sean knew of Reg beforehand, so uh, he was in. He was all in on the three of us as the Wow. And, uh, I felt like uh, we could bring something to Fightful that they don't have. Definitely. Um, and most wrestling outlets don't have. Most no. wrestling outlets don't have a uh, podcast that's hosted by three black men. Mm-mm. And it doesn't have like our unique perspective. So I felt like we brought something different. Definitely. Um, yeah. Not just to, not just a fightful, just, but at just to wrestling podcasts. And that's not to say that we're the only black wrestling podcast. Of course, there are a lot of great black, black podcasters out there. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like our, um, perspective on wrestling is different. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I just wanted to do something different. I wanted to bring something different to the table. And so, um, doing it with those guys felt like it was something I wanted to do. And cause like I said, to bring this full circle to the beginning, I wasn't big into doing a podcast, but I wanted to do it with my friends. And I feel like it's been a rewarding experience to do something, um, that doesn't feel like we'll, because it's my friends. It's, it's just us getting on and talking about wrestling and things we enjoy. Um, uh, so like I said, Will came up with the name Graffiti. Um, uh, in the midst of us coming up with other stuff, uh, Reg sent us uh, something that he recorded uh, on a ride home from a wrestling show, which ended up becoming our intro to our show. Wow, that's so uh, dope. And it just kind of came together quick like that. And I kind of came up with the idea for um, our merch and stuff right away. And uh, we got a great um, logo from uh, Graffiti, who's a friend who will watch it in. Yeah, everything came together pretty fast. And uh, when I really look back at that time, it's like it did really happen really fast. Even as getting, uh, getting on with Fightful, it just, I don't know, it just happened pretty quick. And then, uh, of course, like he will have to finish up with RBR and we did the rollout for what we were doing with the podcast. We put out of all our reveals for the, for the show and that was cool. And just having, uh, starting the, the, the Twitter account and people supporting the podcast without co-hosts or anything named for it. It was just like, Oh, that logo is kind of cool. It's with Fightful. I wonder what this is. And I remember the first, host announced for it and just seeing that pop up like I don't know like a few hundred followers just off me being attached to it and then Reg being attached to it and then once the three of us were attached to it people were in and yeah I'm just grateful that people support it I'm grateful that people like the podcast Um, I get stuff all the time from people either online or in person that um, connect with it I think that's dope yeah 
man, I'm just so thankful that there is a voice out there. It's encouraging to me as an independent podcaster here at the WWB Sports Podcast. And just wanted to give you, you gentlemen, your flowers and acknowledge you guys and say, just keep up the good work. And I look forward to continuing this relationship with you guys and maybe going to a show with you guys one day in the near future. Um, so, man, so, so thankful for you to, to come on today. Where can they find you, sir? Uh, you can find me on Twitter at BillDL616. Uh, of course, you can watch uh, Rhapsody on Saturdays at noon Eastern on Fightful's YouTube channel. Um, I believe we are also available on most of the streaming platforms. Um, I think I'm on Instagram, too. I always forget my Instagram. I was to bear's reference. What do you know? Dread Grossman on Instagram. Um yeah, you find my writing at Bleacher Report um, sometimes at Daily DDT as well. Love that. One of my good friends, um, Alfred Kinoa, is on Bleacher Report, so you probably hang out talk to him a couple times too as well, right? Oh, no, I, I don't. I, I think he's at, uh, he's at Forbes now. I, I don't He does Forbes, but he on. sometimes does Bleacher stuff too. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's awesome. So, folks, thanks for coming on the WWB Podcast. Uh, we look forward to continuing to support these brothers and bring on great voices like my brother Phil here. So, folks, thanks for coming on the WWB Podcast. We are out.